Launching. Three, two, one. Spec delivery this time through. Good morning. It's Tech Talk Today, episode 243. Actually, if I'm being honest, good afternoon. This is episode 243 of the Tech Talk Today program. My name is Chris. And I'm Angela. Hello, Andrews. Yeah, we're trying out a Monday afternoon time. How about that? Does it feel good? It's weird. It's weird. I feel like I'm more awake because I didn't rush in here to get here. Yeah, did you see that was our first story today? Drone deliveries are a thing. They're Uh, real. We focus on delivering critical medical products to health centers and hospitals that are either difficult or impossible to reach via traditional modes of transportation. It's really, really hard uh, uh, to make sure that people have access to the medicine that they need. Wow. So Zipline is designed to allow public health care systems to be able to always make a delivery when someone's in trouble. They're dropping blood from from the sky. From a drone. And the payload. Uh, We put a package for a clinic into the Zip. We put a freshly charged battery uh, we pre-flight the plane, and then we launch it. Military-style launch, too. Automatically out to the clinic where it's delivering the package. It drops the package into the yard of the clinic. We call it the mailbox. It turns around. It flies back home to our distribution center. or it lands, we put a new package, a new battery, and send it off to the next clinic. One of the things that's kind of innovative about their approach is they're not doing quadcopters, which is sort of the traditional UAV that uh, consumers have access to. It is uh, much more of a traditional plane, like the one flying over right now. Uh, and, but, and it uses a, a, a sophisticated launch system, much like military drones do. The reason why they're going with a more of a traditional-style drone here is where they're, where they're going. It's pretty windy, right? They're going up into the boonies of Rwanda, and they have to deal with all kinds of storms and whatnot. So they figure if they can make this work, if they can do it there, then they should be able to do deliveries anywhere, uh, which I think is pretty interesting. It's Zipline that's doing all of this work, although they're using a grant from the UPS Foundation, which is the shipping giant's charitable arm. Zipline has opted to produce fixed-wing aircrafts. This Zipline CEO says – the Zipline CEO says that it makes the drones much more adaptable to nasty weather and allows them to take and make every single component in the drone redundant. They, at one point during the press event, the guy says, ah, I could cut any wire in this thing and it would still fly. Yeah, redundancy, they say, is is cray-cray important uh, because they don't want, uh, you know, medical supplies dropping out of the sky because these are going to remote Rwanda hospitals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wonder how far away they're launching. Like, is it traveling just a couple miles or is it traveling thousands? That's a good question. That is a good question. Uh, I think – I think it doesn't actually say in the article, which is too. Oh, hold on, hold on. Oh. A typical range. This is why I didn't know. Here you go. Here you go. So uh, they say after after they've done all their uh, all of their uh, work, they're essentially trying to get down to the same range as a motorcyclist. Uh, because zipline drones are fixed-wing aircraft, they can reach and go much further away than the typical five-kilometer range of a more traditional quadcopter drone. The drone network is expected to go live later this year with up to 150 daily deliveries to 21 remote Rwanda hospitals. Uh, but it doesn't exactly how far they go, but they say as long as we can get more reliable in the current network of deliveries via motorcycle, then we're good. They say if we get more efficient than motorcycles, then we can grow exponentially in the next 10 years. It's a low bar, but Zipline wants to soar right over it. Oh, interesting. Do you get it? Do you get it? Yeah. Do, do you get it? Yeah, I do. Uh, North Rangers in there in the mobile room. North Rangers, do you have any thoughts on this story? Yeah, I totally expect this space to advance quite quickly. Uh, the link that I posted in the uh, chat room in IRC. Uh, from Andrew Chigel, uh, Samba. Uh, they've done a lot of work down in Australia on these types of drones, including fixed wings that can convert to vertical takeoff uh, for medical and uh, for bush rescue. Hey, that's pretty cool. Wow. 
Boy, talk about a future where the robots can chase us anywhere. Uh, so, one of my favorite H, one of my, one of, I just gave it away. One of my favorite Android manufacturers is HTC, and they're having a rough quarter. Revenue has fallen sixty four percent. I just want to break it down for you real quick because I think if anybody makes a solidly built Android phone, it's definitely HTC. Uh, and they've been in decline for several quarters now, but they've had a plunge now. Uh, they just released the Vive, which everybody is giving pretty good reviews, and the HTC One has just come out to pretty good reviews. So those are not reflected in the current quarter uh, results yet, but uh, things are not good. Uh, so check this out, Ange. You ready for this, S? Mm-hmm. The company reported $14.8 billion in sales for the first quarter, down from $41 billion Whoa. a year ago. Profits were $1.8 billion, down from $8.2 billion. Huh. Pretty bad. Pretty bad for wow, these guys. there's got to be some... Uh... Some job cutting there, huh? Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. You know they're selling we... real estate as well. They're trying. To, they sold up. Uh, uh, they uh, they're trying to. They, you know they're investing a hundred million dollars. They say in Vive. They say they're going to continue to streamline their processes, but they're hoping that their good products, the buzz around HTC from their good products, will save them. Which but they've had a couple of good ones that aren't included in these statistics mm. or data. I guess I don't know. Yeah, uh, the couple. Yes, they just okay. released two new products that are. The HTC 10 and the HTC Vive, but both of them are sort of low volume products. I don't know. It's it's it's, it's tough out there. It's tough out there. Jeez. So the New York Times put out an article over the weekend that uh, I thought maybe we'd just talk about really briefly because uh, they got podcasting all wrong. Podcasters surge, but pod producers fear Apple isn't listening. What? 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 Apple? What? Yeah. It's say they sort of like TiVo for radio for your iPod because everybody still carries an iPod around. <laughs> <laughs> it's not just the Wayne's world of radio, but real radio is jumping into this. I like that. So now it's legit because real radio is jumping in. Huh. Uh, but it was, but he was, uh, they're talking about this. Uh, they say that uh, at this moment of triumph for podcasting, concerns are growing in the community about how much Apple actually cares. As if Apple plays some sort of role, you know, other than outside iTunes. Interviews with over two dozen podcasters and people inside Apple reveal a variety of complaints. The podcasters say that they are relegated to wooing a single Apple employee for best promotion and that sharing on social media is cumbersome and that for podcasters to make money, they need more information about their listeners. And Apple is in a unique position to provide it. What? Yeah, the lack of podcast data is kind of shocking. This is Gina Divac, the producer of Call Your Girlfriend, a popular pop culture politics show. Late last month, Apple brought several leading podcast professionals to the company's campus in Cupertino, California, to air their case to a room full of employees, according to two people who were there. The people would speak only on the condition of being anonymous because they had signed an NDA from Apple. The company made no promises, but people said that several pressing issues for these professional podcasters were discussed in frank terms. This is weird because if I'm understanding this correctly, like I would more blame uh, or not blame. I would I would stick it to to Google a little bit. How so? If anything, Um, because of like uh, ad revenue and YouTube, like it's just it's impossible. It like it it feels like the the revenue from that should be way higher than it is. Like it's just (laughs) it's peanuts. It is. Uh, Yeah, I think, though, see, uh, so. YouTube videos and podcasts in the world of the New York Times are not the same thing. YouTube is something completely different than podcasts. And podcasts in the New York Times world are only something you get through iTunes. Wow. So that's why they're they're framing it like this. 
Um, after the presentation, Eddie Q, the executive at Apple who oversees software and services, arrived for a closed session with the company's employees, according to attendees. They go on in this article to make the case about why podcasters need better access to, to data about their listeners. We need to know where they listened, how long they listened. They go on to talk about how we need metrics and we need to know what their age and their demographics are. Um, so that way they can better promote to them. They need subscription options in iTunes so they can charge them. They want Apple to do um, sort of like an app store for podcasts. And so for Apple to give – so for those of you who don't know the way it works in iTunes right now is as a podcaster, we submit our RSS feed to Apple. Apple lists it in their directory, but that's the end of it. They don't track the downloads. They don't um, uh, host the files. We host the files. We pay for the transfer. And we're very happy with that arrangement because we then can just track it very simply without any cumbersome, overbearing tracking system. We just track a unique download. We're that's going it. to like three different places to figure out what our downloads are. Yeah, yeah, we do. Uh, and we have an idea because we can we can also compare them to server downloads, et cetera, et cetera, right? But if Apple were to host the files like they do with apps and, and, and then also measure all the metrics, you would have yet another place you have to log into to right. see the metrics for iTunes, exactly. see what the downloads were for iTunes. And then if Apple was taking 30% cut on everything, that's re- the cumbersomeness of the App Store brought to podcasting is, is not needed. And uh, Overcast, Marco Armit, the creator of Overcast um, and one of the hosts of Accidental Tech Podcast, did a really good job of breaking all of this down. Uh, each podcast is hosted anywhere and completely owned and controlled by its producer currently. Podcast player apps periodically check each subscribed RSS feed and pull them down. Monetization and analytics are completely up to podcasters. Apple already has one of the biggest podcast apps out there and one of the biggest podcast directories. If they got involved in distribution, promotion, and things like that, it would be a disaster. And if anything, in the age of Patreon, mm-hmm. getting all of this uh, – Going all data crazy on your audience, it, it doesn't make any sense because you could have – if you can have – you can have a YouTube audience with 1.2 million views per video. But if you don't match it up with the right advertiser and actually get use on your promo codes and engagement, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how many numbers you have. The only number that really matters at the end of the day is how much engagement you get from your promotions if you're playing that game. Mm-hmm. And it feels like an old game to me, and they're playing it the wrong way. They're trying to get more data, more analytics, so that way they can sell to the advertisers. In reality, you just make good content. Yeah, and choose and be picky about your advertisers. And perhaps consider a completely advertiser-free medium. Because if you went completely advertiser-free, like we do for this show, I mean, it's funded by the Patreon that funds all of the JB Network, and this is a thank you for that at patreon.com slash today. Plug. <laughs> then you never have to worry about the data. The only thing we have to worry about is what the Patreon number is, and that's available for everyone to see. It's the most yep. public number out there. Yep. And we can see where this, what the, how many patrons we have, and then we know if we're doing bad or good. That is so much simpler than what they're trying to do. And to hand over distribution and control of podcasting to Apple and to, and to pretend to have the arrogance that you represent all of podcasting too is, is pretty egregious. It's pretty nasty. Uh, it's an ill-informed New York Times article that's correct in some broad strokes, but once again fails to actually get what the point is. I was a little, I was a little disappointed. And trust me, we don't want Apple controlling this stuff. That is not going to be the solution. Nope. I know you're not a big gamer, Andrews, but this next story, oh man, it makes me drool. NVIDIA's got some new hardware. Uh-oh. The GTX 1080. Well, the music is good. Almost irresponsible amounts of performance. (laughs) That's what their tagline is. 
So uh, NVIDIA just released uh, specs on their new GTX 1080 and 1070 line, and they're nuts. They are ultra beefy. And what's great about it? Here's a couple of things. Comparing it to their Titan X top of the line graphics card, their big boy, they're the, the really expensive model. They've dropped power usage from 250 watts to 180 watts. They've dropped the price from $1,000 to $600, and it outperforms the current top of the line model by nearly 10x in some cases. The cheaper 1070 and others are still at 10, the GTX 1070, which will sell at $380, will outperform the Titan. X, which used to sell at $1,000. This is a massive shift uh, for NVIDIA's graphics capabilities, and it's totally just right in time for VR. It is killer looking. I haven't seen it yet myself, but the hype is so strong with this one that uh, I thought it was pretty pretty neat to talk about. I don't know anybody who, I don't know who we got in the moment of North Ranger. I don't know if you follow the, uh, the uh, NVIDIA news at all, but the, the hype was really strong before these cards hit, and then it actually seems like NVIDIA managed to deliver. Um, yeah, I, I agree. Uh, um, you know, there was a lot of conjecture that there would be, you know, a minor bump that the 1080 would be able to, you know, match the 980 Ti, and it, it seems like they've gone, they've really taken advantage of the switch from 28 nanometer down to 14 nanometer. Yeah, yeah, they had uh, they had some great demos where they showed off. Uh, this one's a little hard to see because this one's a little hard to follow if you're not watching. But they show they show gaming across two monitors, and then they show how they can correct the perception here. And uh, hold on, I'll go back. So here's before they correct it. However, when you now bent the monitors inward, so you can actually see it, so that you can actually see it, it the projection is no longer correct. And so, Tom, could you do this? Can you correct it? Absolutely. So, Sean, give me some correction. Dang! Look at that. Look at that. It really has a much more like you're looking out the window effect. Uh, it's really just fantastic. And notice the tables aren't warped, the chairs aren't warped. Well, let's let's uh, go back to the way it was. Yeah, check let's this out. It, off, so oh, no. It really stands out. Wow. It's painful. It's painful. It's painful. Oh. That's the NVIDIA CEO of there, yeah. He's always wearing a leather jacket, and uh, yeah, he seems like a pretty fun guy. So there you go. NVIDIA's got me excited. I don't know. I don't really have much more to say on that. It's neat to see some interesting hardware coming out. And, of course, uh, AMD's got a bunch of exciting stuff in the works, too. Microsoft. Chris, it wasn't. In, yeah. It wasn't part of the announcement, but uh, I think this is a really positive sign for uh, whatever mobile parts NVIDIA comes up with in the next uh, six months. Oh, interesting. You know, I, I know uh, Noah complaining about the battery life on that new Oryx Pro on last this week. Um, you know, he might be uh, in uh, laptop envy with uh, some new chips. In mm, the yeah, you're right. Also, boy, that could make a big difference too, right? But also, they had uh, some interesting stuff, to, some really positive stuff to say about the new Vulkan uh, graphics API too, which is which was really good news. So. That's all good stuff. Now, Microsoft, not having such a good time with hardware. They accidentally half-bricked some Asus machines that run uh, – Asus motherboards machines that run Windows 7 with a UFE, UEFI boot glitch. Windows 7 machines that have installed KB313977. Uh, they may update – and when they update the update, it may trigger a secure boot, vi- secure boot violation during startup, preventing the PC from loading the operating system. Hmm. The patch was moved from suggested to recommended or optional, I guess, to recommended. So it started rolling out to more people. Asus says that its newer boards support a unified extensible firmware interface for Secure Boot's mechanism by default. Uh, However, this patch affects some older uh, Asus motherboards that were sort of trying to do Secure Boot during Windows 7 era before it was really official. And uh, to remedy the issue, Asus recommends that users access the firmware settings on their PC and disable Secure Boot altogether. But yeah, you, you install. Uh, can you imagine you install this KB, this update, 
and then you go to reboot and you're getting the secure boot violation. Yeah. That's a slap in the face. Yes. That would, oh man, that would make me upset. You know what else makes me upset? What? This one's a real barn burner. I don't know what to make of this. Uh, the FBI may be able to obtain a warrant for your machine to get access to it if you just have Tor installed and you run the Tor software. Wow. Yeah, yeah. This is really bad. Uh, The U.S. Supreme Court has approved a rule change that will shake things up like never before by granting every federal magistrate judge the right to issue a warrant for anyone using Tor. If U.S. Congress does not undertake action to fight the ruling, it will go into effect in December of 2016. As a result, the FBI can legally search computers running Tor remotely, even if they have no idea where the machine is located or what it is being used for. Simply having Tor installed on a computer would be reason enough for the FBI to investigate that user to combat cybercrime. (laughs) Yeah, that's a nasty one that we'll be keeping our eyes out for. Just to keep watching. So... Looks like this Congress has to do something in tw- now, uh, by is, December. Is Tor like the name of a program that? Ah, uh, yeah. Tor is the Tor is any kind of program. No, Tor is a specific type of uh, software designed to make it look like you, so, so you really can't tell where somebody's coming from on the net, and uh, it it's used for a lot of things. Uh, for example, it's used for journalists. It's used uh, for Bitcoin. Uh, transactions for people who want to be ultra secure. Uh, there was just recently a news study or a news report that said uh, over a million users use Tor to access Facebook um, for whatever reason. I don't know why that is, but uh, Tor just recently published that uh, is that over a million users just are using Tor to access Facebook. So there's a lot of different reasons why you want to maybe hide where you're coming from. Uh, maybe you're Ed- Edward Snowden. Maybe you're uh, a group of journalists that so, are talking about the Panama Papers. So Tor is just a mask. Yeah, Tor's like, you know, you ever like watching like sci-fi and they're like, uh, bounce the signal around, scatter the signal around so they can't see where we're coming from. Think of it like that. You have a series of anonymizing routers that people can run that will bounce you around mm-hmm. um, and you can combine it with other techniques. It's not perfect. It's definitely not perfect, but uh, it's abso- It's like BitTorrent in a lot of ways. You can use BitTorrent to download TV shows mm-hmm. and you can also use BitTorrent to download Linux ISOs. And so there's, yeah, yeah. Speaking of Bitcoin... Remember last week when we were talking about Craig Wright potentially being Satoshi Nakamoto? Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Well, uh, yeah, no. What? Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, he yeah. backed out? Yeah, he totes backed out. Holy crap. Yeah, he did. The, uh, the, he, he, he had a little hissy fit. He basically was grumpy that everybody got up in his biz. Uh, he wrote that he was uh, sorry for Gavin and others for the uh, damage they took. Um, it's actually, it's, it's extremely fascinating. Is it um, believable? Well, I don't think so. Here's, so here's what the journalist at the BBC said. Uh, uh, he wrote that he was waiting to get it verified. Uh, now, hold on, because it's kind of hard because the guy talks about it in first person. Um, so, okay, yeah, yeah. So Dr. Wright had told them that he would provide proof if uh, he, uh, the journalist at the BBC, and Gavin would send him some coins to the original like block address of Satoshi. Uh, and once they did that, he would sign them back. Um, and, uh, I'm looking for the quote, but my, my highlighter program totally uh, borked. borked on me. But anyways, he never wrote them back. He never sent it back. So they got like five bucks in Bitcoins from the BBC <laughs> reporter, Gavin, and the uh, director of the Gavin, Bitcoin Foundation. Who backed him up, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he got like five bucks total in Bitcoin and then said, all right, I'll send it back to you. And then instead of ever sending it back, crickets, 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 blog posts saying, I'm out. Sorry. Sorry. So long. See ya. Um, Weird. Yeah, he bl- basically blames the hostility of the community and says that, uh, you know, he doesn't claim it's not him, but oh, okay. yeah. Hmm. 
Yeah. I'm really curious to know. So somebody bit tick the chat room because I'd be curious to see. It was 466 last. It's Tuesday. 468 now. Okay. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's stabilized out now that uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, and so I thought there were a couple of takes on Twitter that uh, I liked. Uh, the first came from uh, Bruce Fenton. He said with uh, with cryptography and blockchain based audits, Madoff, who fooled the board of Nasdaq, Nasdaq. Would have been caught in days rather than forty years. So Bernie Ma- uh, Bernie Madoff uh, scammed scammed the market for forty years. Wow. That was a good point. I thought good point. And then WikiLeaks had a tweet that I thought was interesting. He'd say, "We'd like to thank hashtag Satoshi ha- hoaxer Dr. Craig Wright for showing how bankrupt the fact checking standards are for the BBC, LRB, and the Economist." <laughs> Which is also a really good point. Yep. Yeah. Hmm. It does speak sort of volumes about their fact-checking. Yeah, so he's out. The Bitcoin community is sort of feeling uh, hurrah, right? And as far as I know, Gavin hasn't had his commit access reinstated. Yeah, right, because he lost that. Yeah, and he, tweet, he's, he tweeted sort of downplaying it too. Huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They do have a Madoff, right? It is pronounced Madoff or Madoff, not Madoff. Uh, moving on, just briefly before we get to our you-know-what of the week, did you know that PayPal quietly made a change today? To no. make it so that way you couldn't back out of crowdfunding. So it's just a small oh, little change. But in Australia, Brazil, Canada, Japan, and the U.S. and other countries, they say. <laughs> okay. So just, you know, those other ones. Uh, we have excluded payments made to crowdfunding campaigns from our buyer protection programs. Okay. Oh, sorry. I stepped on your, I stepped on your oh, title, Andrews. <laughs> okay. Well, that's interesting because we were getting so close. Well, I was personally to canceling um, one of the laptops that you had ordered because it seriously was – The Libra. It took like yeah, a year and a half or something. Yeah, I remember. Like, mm-hmm. you, you took our money and we don't have anything and yeah. Well, that's interesting. Yeah. It makes me think we need a new uh, segment. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, PayPal just quietly making that change right there, you know? Yeah, I know. Maybe it is time, but in the meantime, I have maybe the best Monday afternoon Kickstarter ever. You're you're going to love this thing, and You're going to want three of them in your oh. home, and you're going to need three of them, too. Uh, it's got 593 uh, backers. It has uh, – it's reaching uh, – It's it wants to scan I – mean, it wants to reach a goal of $50,000. It has reached – $126,000 with 23 days left to go. Okay, what is it? Fresh tortillas. Nope. Or I'm sorry, tortillas nope. at the push of a button. Nope. This is Flatter. It makes fresh, perfect tortillas in seconds at the press of a button. Boom! It starts with this. This little pot contains a fresh single-serving portion of dough. It's got a K-cup for tortillas, and Oh, it's corn even, so it's gluten-free. It's got, look, Ed, it's got K-cups. That's water and stone-ground corn or wheat flour. All natural, non-GMO organic. You drop in a pod. Select how soft or crispy you like it. I like it crispy. Ooh, I like you're crispy. making a flour or corn tortilla. Oh, and corn. boom, Done. The drawer keeps your finished tortilla warm. Say, show us. In case one tortilla per pod. You're making more than one at a time. Maybe you're in the mood to try a little something sweet for breakfast. Or spice things up at dinner with a chili-flavored tortilla. They also have a cinnamon okay. tortilla. Did they not learn from um, like a whole K-cup backlash of the individual pod? and like It does one say pod, 100% recyclable, one pod, but seriously. One pod poor tortilla. Poor tortilla. <laughs> and because they're fresh when you eat them, not when you buy them. They're even better than what you can buy at a bakery. Think about it. 
And since Think each cut it. makes a single tortilla, you only make what you actually eat. So it cuts down on food waste too. Oh when your bread is fresh, your meals are tastier. When your ingredients are fresh, they're not full of additives, so it's healthier. Uh-huh. When you use Flatdev, it's faster, it's better, it's delicious. I feel like her accent was only when she sounding said Latino when she said Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. that was a nice one. Yeah, that was a nice <laughs> touch. So, uh, I think I'm going to I'm going to uh, do some little uh, pooling with Rotten Corpse and maybe order a couple of these. What do you think, Rotten? Fantastic! I'll take three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I did a little. I did a little reading because I know as as uh, purchasers, we're going to want to know how these pods work. So I went ahead and uh, looked at their fact section a little bit, and they. I like how they explain some of these things. So they, you know, there's quite a bit of questions when it comes to the pods. Mm-hmm. And uh, yes, it is uh, one tortilla, or how'd you say it, tortilla? Tort- uh, yeah, <laughs> one tortilla per pod. Uh, they don't yet have a, a pod subscription program, but you know it's coming. Oh Andrews. yeah, it is. Yeah, where, where, here's what I really loved about this: um, why the pods? Right, consistent quality, freedom of choice, <laughs> reduction of food waste. And then they mentioned consistent quality and freedom of choice again. Actually, it's kind of right, funny. Folks. All right, folks, or you could just run Linux. But then right? here's what's funny: in the in the next line, to start off, they're only going to have two flavors. So they talk about freedom of choice. It, well, they talk about three flavors. Yeah. Nor- yeah regular, yeah, yes. cinnamon, and, and chili. Yeah, yeah. But it's a start, they're only going to have uh, corn and flour tortillas, uh, and then they'll have, rapidly have more. The pods are recyclable, so you'll yes. be able to get yeah. that. Uh, you can only buy the dough pods from them. Once commercially available, you'll be able to buy it from other people. But until then, that's probably like fall of 2017. So you're only going to get your dough pods from FlatEv directly. Uh, so you got to consider that. I, I find this to be pretty funny. So it's DRM tortillas, everybody. <laughs> yeah, and uh, the, uh, the, the inventor of K cups apologized for how awful they were for like uh, getting rid of a mess and environmental. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, even the guy who invented it is like, I'm sorry. I yeah. love the way they spin this though. So they have the in the frequently asked questions: How many tortillas can you make with each pod? At Flatev, our focus is on quality, not quantity. We package only one tortilla per pod. <laughs> That's such a good way to spin it. And we, look, yeah. Can I use my own? What if I want to use my own dough? We think it's great that you can make your own tortilla dough. But due to variations in personal recipes and precision needed for the Flatbed artisan tortilla maker to bake tortillas properly, this version does not work with handmade dough. It's programmed to bake a very specific type of composition and volume of dough. To achieve this, the Flatbed artisan tortilla maker works with recyclable pods doughs, <laughs> which deliver freshness and quality consistency every single time. The pods control precise blends of ingredients, so all your tortillas come out perfect. Uh, well, sure, you'll love your tortillas, and if you really want to get your hands dirty, you can always dig a vegetable garden. Wow. wow. Go F yourself. Wow. <laughs> I love it. The arrogance is so good. <laughs> what are the costs of the pods? Do you have a guess? I, I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this. They're reasonable. They're reasonable. Uh, they're reasonable. 75 cents per pod? That's damn close, actually. Okay. 79 cents per pod. Wow. Yeah, Look which, at me. Ding, ding, ding. That actually does put them quite a bit, though, above like a grocery store tortilla. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I just bought like, um, well, and, and you notice the size. Yeah. The size matters. Yeah. <laughs> That's a small tortilla. 
It right? is. Well, that I way bought, you don't eat. They say right here they make them small so that way you don't eat too much. Well, that's fatty. a good idea. Yeah, no, you just make the plate smaller. But um, I bought six inch tortillas, like fifteen of them, for like three bucks the other day. So, yeah, that's a lot more expensive. Plus, yeah, you have is. to buy the machine. How much is the machine? Well, so here's our different pricing options. Of course, you got a bunch of different ones. Yeah. But if you get in, uh, all the early birds at uh, one ninety nine are gone. So, so the next one's two nineteen is gone, but we still have about twenty left at the two forty price, and then it goes up to three thirty. You know what? I wonder if if this Kickstarter needs to know more like details about the audience that might need it. Yeah, they need they need data. They yeah, need they, data. They might need to like talk to Apple about <laughs> for their data. for their tortilla making. Yeah. They need big yeah, data. No, actually, I could see a lot of Mexican families still make tor- tortillas. You know, have a special family. Oh recipe. yeah, man, they're so the best. This homemade would be tortillas a are the best. Huge, huge, good like investment for them. But uh, yeah. Not for me. But what? But the most important question is, does it hook up with your iPhone so I can remotely make more? Yeah, where's the Bluetooth angle here? I agree. Well, see, the thing is you can make one. It doesn't hold more than one pod, though. No, yeah. Even, it, right. it, even if your iPhone could connect to it. like It's yeah, not right. like that's you're going to you have a party. <laughs> yeah, that's when you bring in uh, Linux and some, like, connect, you know, those connector things. So oh, you yeah. make, like, a little robot. Uh-huh. So you just bring, like, a Raspberry Pi robot, this thing. Perfect. <laughs> Automated tortillas. Yep. You know, if this thing made like half a bag of chips, you, you'd almost have me. And then like if you had different like chili flavored chips, barbecue flavored chips, salt and vinegar flavored. Like if this thing was a chip maker and I pulled out that tray and instead of a tortilla in there, I got like a basket full of chips and then like a little guac thing on like and then on the other side you put an avocado in there. <laughs> I'm in. Get some nachos. Dude, totally. Now. Oh, yeah. Cheese sauce. Boom. Like uh, in a. Uh, okay. I actually would get that. Yeah. That sounds great. Yeah. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Yeah, deep that- fryer on the bottom. Uh, <laughs> a sour cream uh, dispenser on the side. Yep. Perfect. All right. So there we go. We're going to give this a hearty lose. Even though it, it's already, I think, it's it's already well beyond its goal. So it's already funded. It's already going to ship. Enjoy your tortilla maker, everybody. That was in quotes. Just because we just can't trust Kickstarters anymore. No, I know. We've been burned. Yeah. It's and, totally going to ship quotes. And apparently, apparently PayPal can't trust them either. Yeah. So right? Exactly. Yeah. Uh, oh, this is a good question. Why can't we have 3D printers for food? I would love a 3D printer. It's happening. It's happening. Patreon.com slash today is also happening. Your support there makes this network possible. That's happening. Patreon.com slash today. We're reworking it. We're going to jiggle the handle a bit over at Patreon.com slash today and bring some stuff eventually. But right now, this is where you go to support the network. Disregard. Hey, look. Uh, uh, I don't even know why. Like, I looked at that today. What? Why is that the... the That's just the last term. thing posted, I think. But that... That picture? Yeah. Oh, because I played a little bit of a beer's tasty clip oh, in unplugged, oh, okay. and then oh, okay. YouTube just randomly decided to find I the see. part where I look the absolute fattest, and then yes. put that there yeah. still. Yeah, that was the first thing I noticed, and then yeah. I'm like, wait, yeah. is that Brian? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like it took me a long time to figure out. Remember if that when was he Brian. shaved his head? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's so weird. He looks yeah. so different. Yeah. Uh, so Patreon.com/slash today, we've been posting stuff up there for them patrons. Yep. To get access to, so uh, we appreciate your support. Uh, there, we fund not just sort of like future projects, but your contributions there also help go fund uh, so essential support staff for the JB Network, which is one of our most critical resources, and we yep. really appreciate your help with that, patreon.com slash today. That way we can uh, keep going forward. Keep on pushing, y'all, because we got all kinds of things to get to this year. we got a big year ahead of us, mm-hmm. a bunch of 2016 left. Any shenanigans you want to mention going on in regards to the patrons there, Andrews? Mm, nope, not at the moment. 
Nice. Yeah, I know. Solid. I, you yeah. tease it good. Well, I, like yeah, it. <laughs> right? well, I mean, we're going to be redoing the goals and levels and stuff, or, you know, like just some general information on it and probably reshoot the video. But um, we got it. See, we guess, got to, right? That's it. That's yeah. part of the thing that's going to take forever. Like, when are we going to get to doing that? I almost feel like I just want to do something totally different, too. And then uh, you don't you don't necessarily have to support us over at patreon.com forward slash today. You could also do patreon.com forward slash unfilter. Um, it's the one show that has been segmented off because, you know what? It's just. Um, it is a better crowdfunded, like, we don't have to worry about. Oh, and it's a huge – I mean, really, the, I mean, the main thing, and I could always see us doing with a future show, too. Like, we tried it with How To Linux. Like, if it is if it is a – if it is a, almost an entire network's worth of work on its own. Yeah, exactly. You know? yeah. yeah. Unfiltered Otherwise takes, it's not sustainable. Uh, takes a village is, yeah. is what it is. So that's why it has its own. But, yeah, support us any way you can. Now, uh, next week, I think we might try the Monday time again. Okay. Um, so if you could join us live, we would love that at uh, jblive.tv, jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar for your local time. Mm-hmm. But we usually do it Tuesday mornings. and uh, 9 o'clock Pacific. Yeah. And so we're moving it to 2 p.m. Monday. Right. And so, which is just a little bit after Coda Radio. So you come for Coda Radio and you can hang out for Tech Talk. So that's 5 p.m. Eastern. And I don't know what the other conversion times are, but, but that should hook a couple of you. <laughs> and then also, if you show up for Linux Unplugged on Tuesday, it's the same time but Monday. Right, so oh, there you go. Monday and Tuesday, you show up at the same time. That's pretty obvious. For actually. a yeah, for a live event where you can uh, participate. There you go. And of course, you can always go to the calendar page, like I mentioned, to get that converted to your local time zone. And we'd love to have you in the mumble room. You can join our chat room and hang out there too. Mm-hmm. All right. So, I guess only the last thing to plug would be the subreddit techtalktoday.reddit.com. Great place for Kickstarters, feedback, links, stories, all of that. We appreciate it. So thank you for doing it. TechTalkToday.reddit.com, JupiterBroadcasting.com slash contact, and at JupiterSignal for the network Twitter account. And I leave you with a 90s commercial that if you're about my age, you probably remember this, and you probably don't want to, but I'm making you. Magic potty, baby, your bottle's all done. At potty training time will be so much fun. Magic Potty Baby learn to use her potty. Flush and you're ready for next time. Magic Potty Baby, I'm so glad that you're mine. Magic Potty Baby and her Magic Potty. No water, no mess. Batteries not included.